welcome to the second Zero Dark Sparty podcast. I am your co-host, Tara, and I'm joined, as always, by my noted co-host, Jason. Well, hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. You're fine? Yep. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, the it best was, weekend. It was the best weekend, it wasn't was it? It was such a good time. Oh, boy. Oh. oh. <laughs> Saturday, I mean, Saturday was... Uh, I'm not going to lie. Saturday was kind of rough, but, you know... I'm Monday. hanging on by a thread. Monday, however. Monday hanging was on a, by a thread here. Monday was a great day. Um, uh, we're not going to talk about that at all. Okay, fine. I can't. I can't deal fine, with it. Fine. The refs weren't wrong. Anyway, uh, so, welcome to Zero Dark Sparty episode one, technically, because we called the last one Zero? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, this is basically our first podcast. Basically our first podcast. You we're know, having a natter day. We're relaxing, having a great time. Having natter days for our Washington Nationals who just swept the Cardinals. Big sports. fans, big fans of that sports. Cheers. Baseball. We had to have a sip there. Had to have a little sip. Um, so basically, we're gonna go through the Wisconsin game as briefly and thoroughly as we can, if that makes any sense. Because I know we all are aware of how that game went. I don't think we need to delve too far into it, but we also need to talk about some things, but there was a lot of bad in this one, and there's no real sugarcoating it. No, there's some definite things I really have to get off my mind about this game. I've been kind of holding back for for four days, days and I need to... <laughs> it's not need, healthy. I'm need, here to be your therapist. I need to say some things, and... So, we're gonna, we're gonna get we're into gonna, it. We're gonna get through that together, and yep. it's gonna be a... We're gonna, gonna a, we're gonna move on to the sweet, sweet bye week. A much-needed week off. I am so excited for this. Have you ever been more excited for a bye week in your life? Absolutely not. I'm oh, so ready goodness. for this bye week. I'm ready to just... And there's a lot of good games on this weekend, so... I know. I'm really excited to not have to watch this again, so... Yeah, no. The last two weeks have been hard. Back-to-back blowout games is just not a good time, but... All right, so let's get into it. Uh, first off, quarterback play... Um, you want to call yeah. that quarter? You want to call that quarterback play? There were quarterbacks on the field. There were quarterbacks um, on the field. Yes. Um, we have a combined <laughs> twelve of thirty for one hundred and nineteen yards, and two interceptions. Is I say bad. Was that bad? Are we? Are, is that bad? Are we counting that bad? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, let's 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 put it in. Let's break it down a little further. Twelve completions for thirty attempts. Ugh. That's, that's, you didn't need to repeat mm. that one. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 Let's, not uh, ideal. Um, and Lewerke threw for fifty three yards. So, um, yeah, that's that's a that's, stat. That's forty percent completion. Honestly, though, after watching this game, I knew it was bad. But when I looked at the box score, it was actually worse than I thought. Yeah, yeah, there was. There I, was I knew it was bad. I mean, we didn't get a first down forever. It took a lifetime for a first down, so I knew it wasn't good. But I didn't think it was this bad. Um, and yeah, and we say combined because, as we all know, Rocky Lombardi also played a. We did get a Rocky sighting. A healthy, <laughs> por- a healthy chunk of the game. And it was not Purdue 2.0. No. God, do no. we miss those days? No, I it miss was, that. It was not the the Rocky Lombardi glory uh, days to storm back and, and beat Purdue. Oh, that was a fun time. If anything, it was that was a, a fun game. Let's put it that way. We'll say Rocky Lombardi five of fourteen for sixty six yards. Less attempts, mm-hmm. less completions, and more what? yardage. Yeah. 
What a time to be alive. Trying to find the positives here, people. Um, well, let's let's go. I think this goes right into it is the offensive line. Uh, they struggled. That was a hard day for them. There's a um, lot of injuries. I mean, there's there's yep. not there hasn't been. There's no sugarcoating it. I mean, there is a lot of injuries, but at the end of the day, the last two games, uh, it's just not been good enough. And it, it's not, they're not helping out with creating any blocking for the run game either. Um, the run numbers are... Well, we are, well we've been behind so much that we largely have to abandon the run game, which honestly, in some plays, Elijah running Elijah was our best play, or running Lewerke. There was a couple, there was like a play or two where uh, Elijah ran for a nice like eight yards, and you're like, whoa, that was nice, that was fun. Or Lewerke did a nice little draw for mm-hmm. a couple yards. Um, largely though, they shut down our run game. They shut down everything. Um, so that was just, this is a difficult time. I did want to mention that Wisconsin is number one in overall total defense, according to NCA.com. They allow 3.06 yards per play in total defense. So that's, um, pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's... Mm. And they're passing... Yards allowed is also very good. They are number one in that statistic, and they allow 4.14 yards per attempt. So when you compare that to the next team that's in the list, it's Clemson, and it's a whole. It's about a whole yard difference, 5.31 yards per attempt. So Wisconsin's very good at disguising their backfield and doing really good coverages on wide receivers which we saw um they mentioned on the telecast that our wide receivers didn't know what coverage they were in uh that was really they do a really good job of disguising what coverage they're in you know they do that they do that shit that the baltimore ravens do um where they'll stack six seven eight guys on the line um and you don't know who's dropping back into coverage and who you have to actually have to block um, it, it makes it very difficult for, for all lines, especially all lines that may not be cohesive units, um, or maybe, you know, playing oh. with third or fourth string guys hmm. to, to really understand what kind of coverages are coming at them. Right. It was um, just a if, breakdown on all fronts, really. It, and yeah. if the line, and if the line doesn't know, your quarterback's not going to know. And if your quarterback doesn't know, he's going to make questionable receivers. decisions. Yeah. And if your wide receivers don't know no, what your quarterback's doing. And if they don't know what coverage is, they don't know how to what routes they should be like hey well why don't we run this route they're covering me this way we Mm -hmm. need to do this if they don't even know what's happening then you know it's just a breakdown at every single level um which we saw i mean 12 for 30 Mm. that's that's pretty uh pretty bad that's 40 percent. that's that's not that's not how you win football games. It's not right. Especially when you consider on and, the... And, I mean, to only have 30 attempts, too, also shows how long Wisconsin was on the field on offense. We just didn't get a lot of play tries, you know? Like, they were on the field for so long, it felt like. The whole first quarter, they were basically mm-hmm. on the field. So And that puts a lot of pressure on our defense, who has been struggling in recent weeks a little bit. And they're obviously susceptible to big plays. They're susceptible to... Those really quick, short passes that we all talk about. We all know what the weakness is with this defense. And this week was no different. Um, On the one bright side, though, we did kind of limit Jonathan Taylor. He was held to under 100 yards rushing, but he did have over 100 total purpose yards. Um, I mean, what else better job can you do on him? Two touchdowns on the ground. I mean... 
You figure, like I said, like he's I said last week, his. he's a, yeah. he's, he's a Heisman candidate still in my book. Um, he's going to get his, and even though we, we stacked the run very well or as well as we could, um, our defense was on the field for a, a two-thirds of that game. If you take a look at the time of possession, the Badgers had it for almost 40 minutes. Um, that's, that's a lot of time for our guys to be out there. And I think they did as admirable a job against the run as you could. Mm-hmm. Where it starts to fall apart for me and where things start to look a little bit uglier um, is when we start taking a look at Cone's stat line. Oof. Yeah. You, someone said, and it totally wasn't me, I didn't mm-hmm. say that last week, that what if we can force Wisconsin to be one-dimensional? Hmm. Well, we did. Couldn't have been on this podcast. Wasn't on this podcast. Wasn't my <laughs> fault. Uh, we we forced him to be uh, one-dimensional. To be honest, though, that was always looked at as the weak point. When you have such a talent as Jonathan Taylor, you go, well, let's make Cone try to beat us. And uh, guess what, folks? He did. He did beat us. He did. We got beat by a game manager. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that... that- Jack he did. Cohen. I mean, he he played a well. He did fine. I mean, he knew he was decisive with the ball. Mm-hmm. He knew where he was going. I think before anyone else knew, uh, he did what he had to do. We didn't get a lot of pressure on him. I felt like um, I felt like the their O line did a really good job giving him time. Uh, you know, it it is what it is. I we had a lot of missed tackles again. This mm-hmm. has been a reoccurring theme now. You know, and. When you're in week one, you go, okay, those are things that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. But when you start to get into, we're halfway, a little over halfway through the season, mm-hmm. and these are still issues, mm-hmm. that's now a problem. And it's a reoccurring theme um, that the missed tackles, the the really dumb penalties. Um, how many blocks in the back have we had this year? I think we've had one or two every single game. You know, these are reoccurring mistakes that... When you have them in week one, you go, all right, you know, it's just week one. We're going to be fine. Now it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. Mm-hmm. I, I take a look at a few things here. I, I, I want to go over Cone's stat line. He's 18 <laughs> to 21. For Do we have to? <laughs> for 180 yards, 8.6 a catch. That's Those aren't great numbers. I mean, they're totally serviceable numbers, but I call him a game manager because he was a game manager. I mean, their their wide receivers got yards after catch every time. They did, but he played he played mistake free football and no interceptions, no fumbles. No, well, they yeah, no fumbles, no turnovers. You take a look at the you know at some of the team stats. Twenty two first downs for Wisconsin, seven for Michigan State. Um, (laughs) This hurts so bad. Six to thirteen on third down for Wisconsin, two of fourteen on third down for Michigan State. Um, Total yards four hundred two to one hundred forty nine. There's 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 nothing pretty here, guys. No. There's nothing pretty here. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was not a. I mean, it was a thirty eight nothing loss, and it very much looks like a thirty eight to nothing loss. Not that we've ever had a thirty eight to nothing loss in the D'Antonio era before. Wink, wink. No, never, never. I was not at that game. Never, no, (laughs) definitely not at that game. Having a meltdown. First, first shutout of the D'Antonio era. That's what this. (laughs) There was never another game. We only played in one Cotton Bowl. Mark that down. Yeah, only one Cotton Bowl. And that was a great Cotton Bowl. Um, and one one last thing I want to approach here with Wisconsin. They they look incredible. They um, did. This is as as we all know. It's a very good team, and I think that Ohio State Wisconsin game is must watch TV. Absolutely. I cannot wait for that game. This is. Uh, I think Wisconsin can beat Ohio State. I really do. This is Wisconsin's uh, fourth shutout of the season on defense. Oof. Um, they have given up uh, twenty nine points otherwise across six games. That's pretty good. That's, and the points they gave up against Michigan were very much garbage time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, 
Michigan could have given up 35 points in the first half easily. And Wisconsin kind of pumped the brakes a little bit on that mm-hmm. one. So the one, it's the rough. one, the one thing I will say for Wisconsin going forward um, is they are now finally starting to approach their um, what I'll call their trouble phase. Maybe their their tough stretch of their schedule. Tough games coming up. Uh, you know, next week they play against Illinois, who scored twenty five unanswered against the Michigan Wolverines. Don't forget. Never. Forget. Um, then obviously they they go on the road to Ohio State. That's the one we're all circling. That's I think. the one we're yeah. all circling. Um, but but I don't think you want to underestimate. They have to buy after that. They have a late buy, which is which is nice. Uh, but Must then be they, nice. Well, they also basically had a buy last week playing Kent State. So. Uh, but then they close out at home against Iowa. On the That's road. That's gonna be tough too. On the road to Nebraska, at home against Purdue, and the last game of the year is on the road to Minnesota. Um, they so, have so coming up in their really final, Ohio State and. You know, Iowa maybe would be pretty tough. Minnesota mm-hmm. might be sneaky good. I don't really know. They've got they've got three ranked teams in their in their final six. Yeah. Um. They they hadn't played one. So Illinois is really their last kind of possibly chill game, but Illinois might have some fight. Who knows? Yeah. Lovey could have those boys going. That's true. That beard though. Can we just <laughs> take a second? His beard is amazing. Yeah. So He's uh, like a beautiful Santa Claus. And and you may ask yourself, why am I previewing Wisconsin's schedule? And that's because we uh, we thankfully have a bye week this week. We have a little bit of time to uh, maybe kind of get some things together in time. And, uh, you know, we got to... We have a lot to fix, I think. Yeah, um, we got a lot to fix. I just also want to say that I very much miss Kari Willis and Justin Lane. Yes. That's all I want yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, I don't think we all talk enough about how good Kari Willis is and how much we miss him, especially in the tackling department. Love Henderson. Great potential. Incredible athlete. But the fundamentals just aren't there right now. Um, and that's been pretty evident the last couple of weeks. And miss you, Kari. He's doing great with the Colts. Shout him out. Uh, Justin Lane did pretty well with the Steelers as well. So they're both balling out in the NFL, and I'm over here just missing them. So I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Shout outs. Shout outs. Um, one last thing that I want to touch on on yep. football before we maybe transition a little bit. Um, well, and into some other news. Into some other news, some other you sports. Know, some, some other things. Some other things. Uh, Weston Bridges. Fourth Spartan in three weeks. Has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm not completely surprised. Uh, He hasn't really played much this year. Uh, He did make the move to wide receiver. Uh, I don't know if he ever kind of tried to come back to running back this year or not, especially with the lack of depth. But it's not a surprising move. But, um, you know, it's the fourth one in three weeks, so... It's a, a bit of a hit to the depth, especially when you start looking at that running back position. It just keeps getting thinner and thinner, um, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah. What can you say? Yeah, you know, we wish him the best in his, uh, Absolutely in his future endeavors. Absolutely wish him the best. Who knows where he's going? You know, we'll have to see, follow along, but... You know, wish him the best. Hope he finds whatever he's looking for at another school. So, Alrighty, so now we're going to switch into a little basketball talk. 
How far are we away from basketball season? We are exactly 13 days from today, which is October 16th. So, we're getting there, folks. Uh, you know, we're going to be playing Albion. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about Albion? Uh, they're on the east side of the state. Okay. Um, they're anything, gener- anything else? Maybe about brothers? Brothers? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Cassius. Cassius, Cassius yes. has brothers, and he, he does they have happen, brothers. They, they happen, also play basketball. They happen to play basketball for mm. uh, for Albion University. That's a little fun game for Cash. Yeah, that's a little fun game. He gets to beat up on his brothers a little bit. So his little bros. His little bros. We Zach, love that. Zachary Kai, if you happen to be listening, shut up. Guys are gonna hold the L. We hate, I mean, but you get to play against Big Brother Cash. It's true. You get to show out in big court. A lot of people will be watching. It'll be a good time. All right, and then we also obviously have to talk about the Jalen Terry decommitment. Uh, came kind of as a little bit of a surprise, maybe, on the timing of it. Uh, but with the commitment of A.J. Hoggard, maybe there's some kind of connection. We don't really know. Um, but it's a point guard out of the class, a very talented point guard. And I think some people were a little upset, but who knows where that scholarship will go. Um, will Izzo pocket it for next year? We don't know. But. but we've already got a we've got a huge class coming in in 21, 2021. I, I want to give a look over this. I'm reading over uh, 27, 24-7 sports right now. We have mm-hmm. uh, Jade Nakins. Uh, we have him offered on an offer sheet for, out of Farmington. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good prospect at point guard, 6'3", 160. See, I don't um, know if we're going to go point guard. I don't know. We don't know. That's what he plays. I mean, that's what he's playing now. Yeah. So. Uh, we've got three other guards, uh, Max Christie, Kobe Bufkin, and Pierre Brooks, all with offers out. Um, mm. and we've also got an offer out to Caleb First out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I, not a ton of offers out right now. So it, maybe I mean, it is the, a potential. This is the 21 class, though, too. Yeah. I mean, it's this is going to happen. A little bit early, maybe. And I think this is going to happen as we start to attract more higher, you know, your, your four and a half to five star talent. Once you... Once you become like this, you're going to see, and you see it every year with the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world. Guys aren't going to get their playing time. They're going to decommit. They're going to see that there's yeah. too many other guys coming in with them. Right. Um, and they're going to go Maybe where they're going to the get writing their writing on the wall. They're going to see writing yeah. on the wall. They're going to go where they can get that opportunity to play. So I'm not, I'm not too terribly surprised yeah. uh, by, by this decommitment. Um, I just think the timing was very like, whoa, that happened very quickly, but. At least we're two years out. You know, it's right, not like it's right. not like he de- decommitted six months before the season. Exactly, but so. obviously, really talented guard. Uh, wish him the best, mm. and uh, we'll just have to see where uh, Izzo goes. He has a lot of options, I think. So I don't. Obviously, this isn't as backbreaking as it could be if you know it was our one point guard. We do have Hoggard still in the in the mix, and he's obviously a six three big boy, and uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. So. Um, I do also want to touch a little bit on Hauser. Um, I know that the appeal process is kind of happening at the moment. Still ongoing as we speak. Apparently, we're going to find out this week. Um, what are kind of your thoughts on whether he, if he does get approved, how do you feel he fits in? First off, I don't think it's going to get approved. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a long shot. I I think, should he be approved and, and come in? I hope he can be a, a positive role off the bench. I hope he mm-hmm. can be a little bit of depth that we need at a position where I think we crucially It's a loaded it. team. So um, it is a loaded... Any, any bit of depth, I think, is great. 
especially a player of his caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, but also pocketing him for the next year could really help the future because after we we might talk about it a little later, but obviously looking at potential departures after this season, having Hauser there ready to go could be a big thing for the future. So either way, I think it has its benefits and, you know, downsides, but we'll just have to see. Hopefully we'll find out this week. Uh, the NCAA, per usual, is obviously doing their best to get things done in a quick manner. You know the NCAA. Yeah. We love the NCAA. We're oh, great. big fans of the NCAA on this podcast. So here's a shout-out to my hockey boys on Twitter. You guys know who you are. I did watch a hockey game this weekend. Did you watch a hockey game? I did. Um, my hockey knowledge is very vast, as you all know. Um, I did do a hockey, and the Spartan hockey team has kicked off. Um, they won their first game, 6-1. to one. Yes, they did. And then they, I watched the game against uh, Northern Michigan, and they won, and then they lost the next day. So they're 2-1. 2-1, yep. Um, there's a lot of players on the team. We actually have a pair of twins. Okay. So that's fun. Um, and my favorite player's name is Buttress Gafari. Can we talk about that name for a second? It's a pretty good name. If you could place that name as a player anywhere in the Big Ten in football, where do you think that player plays and what position? Because I totally have my plan. I feel like he's an Iowa linebacker. He's a Minnesota tight end. <laughs> yes! That would be so great. He's a Minnesota tight end. <laughs> and a really good tight end, too. Mm-hmm. Like a pain in the butt, a big guy. Anyway, so... Shout out to my hockey guys, um, especially Clay, who gave me um, a link to watch the game. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the The second game against Northern Michigan kind of kicked off around the end of the Wisconsin game, and I was a little too busy melting down to completely watch, but they did lose 0-2. Um, yeah. um, Northern, traditionally a kind of a hockey school, though. Hockey um, school. Well, actually, we are the hockey school now. I have... Started the hashtag on Twitter, MSU hashtag hockey school. So please respect my hashtag. Thank you. Got it. All right. So that's hockey. <laughs> that was doing a hockey with Tara. Thank we you so much. We did a hockey. If you have any other sports you'd like us to comment on, please let us know. I would love to do a soccer segment eventually because I love my Spartan soccer-oos. All right. So mailbag, guys. It's happening. Our first mailbag. Are you guys excited? I know I am. So, shout out to the real Upper Deck Jerk guy. Man after my own heart. Sending in the questions this week. You guys really gotta step your game up to his, because he's killing it. So, Jason, you take away his first question here. Alright, the first question we have here is, <clears throat> is where will Brian Lewerke end his career on the ranking of total passing yards by a Michigan State quarterback? And what does this say about his ability, considering the offense and coaching he has worked with? I have some thoughts on this, but I'm going to let you answer first. And so, you know, Brian has already reached a milestone in his career. Um, He joined Drew Stanton as the only other program player in program history to pass for at least 6,000 yards and rush for at least 1,000 yards. So that's a pretty big accomplishment for him, especially considering, like, um, upper deck jerk guy mentioned 
the offensive line he's dealt with and some of the offensive problems and especially the injuries he's dealt with. So I would say he's had a pretty impressive career. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 6,810 passing yards on his career. Um, that. that puts him on track to be in fourth right now. Um, I, I do think that's about his ceiling. I don't see him passing Jeff Smoker um, at nearly 9,000. I don't think that that's going to be a number that he quite reaches. Um, unless he just goes crazy. Unless he goes crazy, but I don't see I don't him. Know. I I can't see uh, 2,000 yards coming out of him in the next seven games. But um, either way, I do think he's actually a good college quarterback, and I don't think that's a hot take. There's a difference for me between a good college quarterback and an elite quarterback, and I think Brian safely falls into good. He makes mistakes, sure, he's not perfect, but he does create a lot of really good plays, especially in an offense that is so limited as ours. So, Props to Brian, love you still. Even though you had a really rough Saturday, I still love you. All right, so Upper Deck Jerk Guy sent us a few more questions. Are we ready? Jason, are we going to wear those neon jerseys again for basketball? Are they coming through? Unfortunately. That's ending um, the neon argument. If Not you happening. uh if you watched any Michigan State athletics this year any sport I mean, they they did appear. They they they're appearing. They're Ugh. they're spreading. They're uh Shout out Samir who loves them so much. But... Please, please make it stop. <laughs> um and then he also asks how many Spartan basketball players declare for the draft at the end of this year? 3. Okay, what are those names? Cassius Winston. Well, Cassius is a senior. He's going to go. Yeah, I mean, declare, you don't seniors don't have to declare for the draft. Well, I, I think he means, like, surprise. So, what are your other two? Um, I would say Cassius Winston, Josh Langford, and Xavier Tillman are going to be the three that go. No, I think he means, like, leave early, was what I would say. How many are going to leave early? Then one. Okay, who is it? Xavier Tillman. I agree that he's one of them. I would also add two other kind of in the mix I would say Aaron Henry's in consideration, um, especially because Izzo just had a little bit of a juicy little quote that said he believes that Aaron Henry has the potential to be the best guard defender since Gary Harris. Put that right in my freaking veins. Like, I swear, just, you can't see it, but I'm slapping that vein. Like, put it right in there. Doctor, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I'd like to see I really it. like Aaron Henry. His body type, we all know he's got the body type for the NBA. The athleticism's there. He seems like a great kid who wants to work hard. Izzo mm. said he's been in the, living in the gym. So uh, if he makes some steps up, I think the sky's the limit for him, obviously. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I, I don't know. My, my big concern is I don't know that he's necessarily going to get the minutes or the amount of time um, that an NBA mm. scout's going to want to see. Um but almost, you know, sometimes they like that. They see potential and they're, he's they go be, off potential. I, I think he could be, he'll be good. Mm-hmm. I think next year, uh, if, if he's still around next year, he would be great. And then um, my next kind of long shot player is going to be Rocket. I haven't seen him play yet. I know, but I'm saying he's my long shot. If he has a really big season, I could see him going um, for sure. How many minutes do you think he's going to get a game though? That's, it's really going to depend there's on a, Foster, if he a, can steal minutes at the one, you know, it's it's really going to depend on how much production we're going to get from that backup point guard spot, if he gets to do that. There's Yeah, there's a real big, you know, kind of a logjam there at guard. Yeah. 
And um, and I don't think... I think he'll... I think he's that good, at least from what I've heard and seen, that I think you don't keep a guy like that off the court very much. So I think they'll just... It's going to be a loaded court, but I think he'll find some time. Sure. All right. And then for his fun question, can you estimate how many pints of Guinness you've had in your lifetime? I cannot give you an exact number. But I can tell you that last St. Patrick's Day, I had 10 in Ireland while trying to follow along on my phone the Michigan State-Michigan Big Ten Championship tournament game. And when I heard about Kyle Arns, I about freaked out in the middle of this bar in Ireland, and everyone looked at me like I was absolutely insane because I was about to cry like a relative passed away. So, shout out Kyle Arns, fan club, we're out here, we're doing it big. Um, but I would probably say at least 50 pints of Guinness. <laughs> at least 50. That's a, it's a little more conservative than I thought it would be. I have probably at least 25 to 30 every time I go. So, mm-hmm. I'm about in the 50 to 60 range. At least 10 on one night, so... Take that uh, how you will. I have had, uh, I know exactly how many pints of Guinness I've had. I've had exactly one. For shame. Um, it's, it's not exactly my taste as far as beer goes. Telling you it um, tastes different in Ireland. People will say it's the same, but it's not. It's not the same. But it's delightful. All right, so now I've got a question from Solja. Shout out Solja, by the way. Fantastic basketball content. You, need to, you guys need to go follow him. It's Sol, like the city. J-A-A. Go follow him. He's great. Um, he asks, who are you going to miss the most? Kenny Goins, Matt McQuaid, or Nick Ward? I have my answer, but I'll let you go first. Matt McQuaid. Okay. Uh, Matt McQuaid it, Matt McQuaid was a catalyst and a spark last year. He was. He, there were so many instances where our team may have been down. We may have I been struggling. I think of the Michigan game with Arms. Um, he mm-hmm. hit all the... He went off, you know? He, he absolutely went off. I... I One think of his best games. We're going to miss his ball handling, and I think the thing that we're most going to miss defense. is his, his beautiful, defense. Beautiful, sweet defense. His defense as a guard. He was undersized. He he was playing guys that were, you know, a couple inches taller and, and, and several pounds, you know, that it maybe hit the weights a little bit harder than he did. But he was so aggressive on the ball. Um, he didn't commit stupid fouls. He And he forced he forced guys to make passes at the last second as if they were driving the key that, that they maybe didn't want to make. Um you know, not 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 an NBA caliber guy. I don't think he ever will be. Um, but he. But he's a guy who you wouldn't be surprised if you heard he was in overseas for ten years. You'd be yeah. Like, yeah, that's not surprising. Not at all. Um, and and hopefully I, I he gets think... his shot though. I do love Matt McQuaid. He will. Um, he he's gonna get his due. He uh, he he definitely has a, some knowledge for the game. Um, and there's always a place for really good shooters. Hi, Bryn Forbes. So. Anyways, um, I agree with you. I think it is McQuaid. Um, but I'm going to make a little argument for our dear, sweet Kenny G. I think Kenny Goins was the ultimate glue guy for this team and has been a um, fantastic rebounder. He did everything Izzo wanted. He played the center position when we needed it. He was just that kind of guy that did the little things to win games. And you think of... He was also kind of a catalyst. Him and McQuaid were big catalysts for this team last year. And obviously, he hit a freaking three-pointer in Zion's eyeball to take us to the Final Four. So, yeah, I can't forget those kind of contributions. Love you, Kenny G. Shout out Nick Ward. Still love you. 
Um, I do think that Xavier Xavier's defense is going to be an improvement. We are going to miss Nick's offensive game, obviously, but I think X can improve on some of those things. and Has already shown that he can. Yeah. But uh, still love you, Nick. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah. I think great. All good players. Love them all. So our next question comes from Eric Pratt. He asks, this is a, fa- a football question. So we're going back into football, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, would 8-4 and four with a win over Michigan actually set the program back? You know, before the show when we were talking about this question, I immediately told you yes, and now I'm a little mm. I'm reconsidering it a little bit. Okay. Um, Talk us through it. Okay. We've had a really rough few weeks here. Um Real rough. Yeah, real rough. Um, and, I'm trying to be positive, guys. <laughs> and and we're we're sitting here and we're looking at this team and, and if we They keep are putting, what they are. They are what they are, and if they keep putting up offensive performances like we've seen, um it is hard it's to ignore that in the... It's going to be real hard for us to get to, to much higher than I would, you know, maybe a 6-7 to seven win season. I think an important thing to look at with this team, too, is in the three losses, we've only scored 17 points combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not enough to win big football games. It's no. not enough to compete. And that's what we expect from this program. We expect to compete in big games. And I think... I'm going to go off on a little bit of a thing here. Thank you, Eric, for the question, by the way. Um, I think that when we lose to Ohio State, there is an understanding and a feeling that we lost to a team that just recruits at a level we'll never get to. We look at it and we go, well, they've got all this NFL talent, and yeah, they're faster than us, and this and that, and whatever. And you kind of get over it, and you rationalize the loss, and you move on. But when you lose to Wisconsin like that, a team that recruits on a similar platform as MSU, maybe a little bit better in recent years, I think that makes it harder to swallow that they looked like the better disciplined team. Mm -hmm. They looked like the better fundamental team. And they beat us at our own game. They beat us at not making mistakes. They beat us on being balanced on offense Mm -hmm. and playing fucking great defense. Mm -hmm. And they did it all in our faces whooped our ass up and down the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can you say? It's it's really embarrassing. It's hard to deal with, and I think a lot of Spartan fans are very fed up right now, and they're hurting, and they're upset, and they are looking for... They're looking for some answer, and a lot of them are like, well, we've got to get rid of D'Antonio. That's the only way to fix this. And we're not here to talk about that in so many ways. It's already being discussed, but... D'Antonio's not going anywhere right now. No. Um, he's not He's not going anywhere. Um, he's not going anywhere in, right at this moment. We don't know what the future is. I don't know. No one knows but him. And I'm not here to speculate on what his future is after this season. That's, that's speculative stuff. That's not me. Um, but if he does choose to retire after this season, uh, we'll get into that in actually the next question. Who would be your pipe dream replacement and your realistic replacement for Coach D, Jason? Well, well, before we jump into that, I, I want to. <laughs> you want to keep going? I want to. I want to finish up and I actually want to answer Eric's question. All right. Uh, what eight That's and four? Right. With, what eight and four with a win over Michigan actually set the program back? Um, no. I think if this team can come out eight and four, and I think if we can get a win over Michigan, we salvage a little bit of the season. Uh, we give a we we bring back just a tiny little sliver of that hope that we had when we started out this year. 
Um, and, and I think it gives us something to build off of going forward. It might turn mm-hmm. around some of the... Some of the it would bring out some. It would definitely bring some goodwill in the fan base because mm. we'd get to talk some crap. But at the end of the day, this was a team that we expected to compete in big games and we expected to win big things, and to fall to eight and four, it is kind of a disappointment. But on the other hand, the defense isn't quite what we thought it would be as well. Mm-hmm. Like if we had last year's defense and went eight and four. With this team, I think we'd be a lot more upset. So, in a way, I'm kind of mixed on it, I think. A win against Michigan would feel good, but at the on the other hand, 8-4 and four to me just isn't something I'm going to get super excited about either. I think 8-4, and four, uh, a win over Michigan, and a, and a good showing in a bowl game. Um, might Definitely stop. would it's need, gonna, it's gonna stop our, need a good showing it's in gonna, a bowl game. It's going to stop our conversations about transfer portal guys, um, and, and it's going to maybe shut, shut some of the questions up about What's going to happen next to Mark D'Antonio, or what's going to happen next to the offensive staff, or it, mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to maybe quiet some of the people yeah. that maybe say some more negative things, um, yeah. and and maybe we'll help the the team kind of refocus and, and push forward. Have some positive momentum. I think that's something we need right now. It's yes. just some positivity. I know that there were some players that were speaking out against a little bit of the negativity in the fan base recently, and. You know, they do read these things. They do read our comments. They do read the pulse of the fan base. They mm-hmm. see what we are saying. And they're obviously upset. But like you said, if we were to end on some positive momentum on the season, I think it would help the program out a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. So to Andrew Kamer, Kamer, I'm so sorry if I said that wrong, or Cam Daddy, if you will. At Cam Daddy on Twitter asks, <laughs> "Who is your pipe dream replacement and your realistic replacement for Coach D?" I I have my answer if you're ready. I've got my pipe dream replacement. I don't I've know. got an absolute out of this world pipe dream replacement. I gotta I gotta think about a realistic replacement. My pipe dream replacement um is one hundred percent one Urban Meyer. Oh, can you just imagine? I know it, it would be. <laughs> it would be so sweet. He's uh. Can you imagine him just? Lip, he might actually, if he did that, which it obviously is a pipe dream, he would honestly live on this planet just to beat the shit out of Michigan on different teams that hate Michigan. I would, would love it. But he's he's he's, I mean, he's a little busy California dreaming right now. He's going if he goes anywhere, it's probably USC. Um, he has a pretty nice gig though. He can just kind of do a little bit of TV work, hang out with his family right now. I don't know if he's in a rush to get back into coaching unless the right situation opens up. Well, for he's him. he's still teaching at Ohio, Ohio State, isn't he? He still has his class. I have no idea. Maybe. Sure. He, he definitely still has his leadership and sports class that he teaches. So he's he's living a pretty good life right now, and basically. And he's on the... He's an assistant to the AD at Ohio State. He's He's got some position there still. Yeah. I remember him taking on... He could definitely leave, though. He could definitely leave. <laughs> the right amount... If money talks... Um, my pipe dream... My pipe dream out of this world would be Bill Belichick, because I think it would be hilarious to watch him try to recruit... Can you imagine Bill walking into your house and just be like, I can't. Like, flashing the rings and walk out. He'd be like, I don't have to. Actually, he'd probably just be like, I don't have time for recruiting. Like, I can't. Just commit or don't commit. I don't care. Commit or don't commit. I, yeah. It would be so funny. But, but is it. And then if we're talking pipe dreams, Urban Meyer, coach, give me that sweet Bill Belichick as my DC. mm -hmm. Bam. Perfect combo. Um. 
that team would recruit out of this freaking world. Like having Urban Meyer as kind of the recruiting guy and Bill Belichick work in that defense. Oh, it would be beautiful. Realistically, though, <laughs> let's get back on the planet Earth here. Um, realistically, we're probably looking at a, a short list of candidates here. Um, depending, we don't know what the AD has planned or anything for the future, but I would think they probably want to look at people who have been at Michigan State or have a connection to MSU. Pretty typical stuff. And my ideal person would be Luke Fickle. Um, he's a guy that has experience. He's at Cincinnati right now. He was at Ohio State previously. He knows Ohio really well, and being that he, you know, coached at Ohio State, and he's recruiting pretty well at Cincinnati. He's taken a guy or two from us. Um, I just think he's a young guy who could really invigorate things. Whether or not that happens, who knows, but he would probably be my ideal realistic candidate, but I think we'd probably also look at Narduzzi, whether that that's kind of a mm, or Mike Tressel would probably be another guy that they would call in for an I, interview. I think those would be interesting calls. Um, I think, and and this is a realistic, and this might be a little bit shocking. I stand. I know where you're going. I see it. Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan. Um, They've done. He's done amazing. He's, there. he's done amazing. Really amazing there. job. Uh, you know, um, his first two years, obviously, you know, everyone remembers they were three and twenty-one. They were the laughing stock of uh, of the MAC. But uh, Eastern Michigan's only been to a bowl game three times, um, in their uh, in their storied history. Mm-hmm. Two of them were under Chris Creighton. That's pretty good. They're they're he um. I I think. We need that new mindset. I think we kind of need to break a bit from the mold if we're gonna, mm-hmm. if we're gonna hit the reset button in at, at East Lansing, which I don't think we should, for the record. Right. Um, but if we do, I think it has to be with a new, um, a new mindset. Because if it, if it's not with a new mindset or a new type of coach or a new, it's not a new offense. If it's not a new defense, uh, we're what are we really doing? Yeah. True. We'd be moving a we'd be making a lateral move that may be. Honestly, though, this the way that things have been going lately, an internal hire would probably be the thing that I would think would have the best chance of happening. I I don't know how much I trust Beekman to run an external search. He has no experience, no big-time collegiate experience, so I don't know. But who do you trust internally? No one. That's my point. I don't want an, an internal candidate. I want someone from outside the program. We need new, fresh ideas, in my opinion. Anyways, um, that's all of our questions for this week. We've got some great ones here, and we'd love to answer more. Send them either to my Twitter, at Tara Stafford, or email us at zerodarkspartypod at gmail.com. Again, that is zerodarkspartypod, not podcast, just pod, at gmail.com. So hit us up there. I did make the Gmail for a reason, so make use of it, hopefully. Please please (laughs) please anyways thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week enjoy your bye let's have a let's have ourselves a weekend but before we enjoy the bye we got some things to plug Mm, i forgot we have some things to plug this is right so how do people get a hold of you on the internet you know a little thing called twitter.com okay and what's your twitter handle 
at Tara Stafford. Well, I I received some feedback last week, and and shout out to everyone that that mentioned everything. Jason, stop being so shy. Jason, drop the Twitter. Jason, drop your drop your handle. This Tell you is what, one woman in particular. Love her, by the way. She's fabulous. Wow, way to cut me down. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Keep you humble. At zero dark Jason. Hit him up. Made Follow. it just for the pod. Just to. <clears throat> Just for me to post some spicy takes, spicy memes. I've got one tweet up there right now. Um, He's basically took... gonna do a whole OJ thing. I'm not. I'm not. No, that was just the one time. Hello, Twitter the... world. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> Did it one time. Honestly, those videos crack me up. So I just, I hate OJ Simpson, but he's a fun follow on Twitter. I don't um, follow him, but I just every time I see one of his videos, they just crack me up. His lack of self awareness is just really so, a little bit funny. Hey, Twitter world, run the ball. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, hey. His fantasy football stuff, though, can you imagine trying to make a trade with OJ? <laughs> I, I would like Saquon Barkley. Okay, I'll trade you. Um, here is this injured player for Saquon. I'll give you, uh, oh, you know, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, is a, Jared Goff is a great quarterback. He's just being misused. I hate Jared Goff right now. I'm not. Um, I would trade him for a bag of peanuts right now. Anyways. Thank you guys. Hit up Jason on Twitter. Say it one more time. Plug it for the people. At zero dark Jason. Hit him up. Hit him with the follow. Enjoy the bye week, folks. We'll be back at it next week. See ya. See ya. We out.